Hello and welcome to a brand new installment of Nintendo News Report for Tuesday, June 20th, 2017. I'm Alex Kalafi, joined today for a full panel plus one on this post-E3 Nintendo News Report. As usual, joined by Donald Terrio. I had a vacation last week. I need a vacation from it. <laughs> E3 has been monstrous on you, hasn't it? Well, it, I, I needed the vacation anyway, but, you know, a day and a half is not enough time to recover from two years of pretty much working nonstop. Yeah, yeah. Also joined by Zachary Miller. Hello. Well, hello, hello. How are you, fine people? We're good. How are you, Zach? That's what I want to know. It's raining today. Oh, yeah? But it I did is. get a new puppy, so very excited about that. How's Roxy? Roxy is the most adorable dog on the planet. She seems it. Mm. She is. She's sleeping right now. Other voice you're hearing, the third of three dog owners on Nintendo News Report. <laughs> Justin, do you have a dog? I don't have a dog right now, but I'm at my girlfriend's Su house. She has a dog, so... Susie's a big <laughs> fan of you, Justin. I can yeah, vouch for that. I used to have dogs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, NeoRonicReport.com I like cats more. <laughs> Hi, um, Neil. We're, we're going to forget hi. we heard that. And then, uh, hi, Neil. Hi. <laughs> cave Story. I cave bought Cave Story against my better judgment. I uh, also bought Cave Story against my because I already have it on the Switch. <laughs> but but look, look. Look at this keychain. Look at this stupid keychain I paid $30 for. That's essentially what I did. You, you could do worse. Mm. Yeah, that's I mean, at least like I got the game and I didn't have it before on Switch. On Switch, right? I have it three or four <laughs> different ways now. The other voice you are hearing is someone who would pay $30 for just a keychain, Mr. <laughs> Justin Baruby. Hey, I probably have paid that much for a keychain. I don't want to think you, about it. Yeah. You, you, paid, you paid 40 bucks for keychains and Puyo Puyo Tetris, as I recall. I, I didn't buy that, but... <laughs> I mean, you're paying $40 for a CD in September. The Metroid. Yeah, Metroid. Oh my. <laughs> or isn't that no? That's fifty dollars, isn't is it? I, I, I no, no, it's forty. Okay, fifty. So Atlas pricing, basically. Oh, I thought we were talking about Axiom Verge. No, no, oh, I think I think it is fifty for the Metroid Special Edition. But I mean, I'm paying <laughs> closer <bullshit>. to forty <laughs> with my Best Buy discount. Like uh, I'm 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 buying it, but but Metroid Samus Returns, the the special edition that comes with a, a CD. And it's ten dollars more expensive. It does come with yeah. one more thing you're forgetting. Reversible what, the box? cover art. Oh, oh, okay. oh I'm totally <laughs> the reversible cover art. Like and then, I'm still buying it. Amiibos. Yeah, but they, they're not a part of the, the special edition that is ten dollars more for me. At, and for ten dollars more, you get a CD and a box. <laughs> Which is basically Nintendo sneakily selling you an Atlas game. Yeah, because what they're giving you is the Atlas package yeah. through and through, one thousand percent. Well, it really yeah, like, like, doesn't the European version get like a pin and like a coin or something like that? We we try to not um, have region envy <laughs> on the show. Thank you very oh, much. Sorry. Sorry. Isn't it sad <laughs> that I passed? Isn't it sad that I passed up uh, Fafner Night, uh, Etrian Odyssey, uh, Untold Two? Uh, at the store and saw it came with a CD and an art book, and I thought, maybe I should buy this. <laughs> I did not, because it was $50, but yeah, I have a problem. 
I think my favorite Justin Barubi story is <laughs> didn't you buy like eight copies of Picross 3D so you could get all of the content? Yeah, <laughs> I got them used. I got them used, but I made sure it was not, it's not only the 3D one, I think just the regular one too also had the same yeah. limit where you couldn't get all the DLC on one cart. So all I think right. you needed like 10 of the original version and maybe like less i think you needed less for the 3d version to get all the dlc but like what a dumb thing Nintendo yeah. Could have done. yeah they have best intentions but as they say that's exactly what the road to hell is paved with pick cross carts <laughs> <laughs> the road to hell is paved with the pick road cross to, to brinstar the road to brinstar <laughs> the road to hell is paved with animal crossing amiibo cards oh god oh. They were one dollar. The Animal Crossing amiibo were one dollar, and the three pack was three dollars. Actually, wow. I think the Welcome Amiibo cards—they didn't make you that many. These? Yeah, I, you don't have a full set though, Neil. <laughs> no, I don't either. I got a, I got a couple of them. Working on was that. like, no. I was like, <laughs> I need to get these cards so that way I can review uh, uh, Amiibo Festival properly. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> my whole thing with the cards is they probably could have gotten more money out of me up front if they just sold the sets in a full like binder or something like oh, that yeah. <laughs> you ever buy so many amiibo cards that you question whether you're doing it just to secure your own identity not me I'm it's good an addiction. it's an addiction <laughs> once you have one card you're like maybe I can get the rest maybe, maybe I'll love maybe video you never games. know what's in the next pack I mean, I should I should really just keep buying Cave Story Switch to get all of the uh, yeah all the key, three copies the blind boxes yeah. So I have to know is and we're gonna talk about this later. I don't want to hear the impressions. I just want like a yes or no. Is Cave Story on Switch literally an old version of Cave Story repurposed for Switch? Yes, well, and in fact, it has less content than the WiiWare. You version. can read the review on NintendoWorldReport.com. Yeah, a very positive review. The forthcoming video review, which, Ooh. by the way, Zach, you, you're going to have to lay down some audio at some point. I didn't know about this, but okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've recorded some video and give it to one of the Davids. Mm. <laughs> we, have, we have an exciting-ish announcement. You know what? I would say genuinely exciting, not just exciting-ish. It happened just before the show, so there wasn't necessarily any kind of fanfare to it. But Justin's the new Nintendo News reporter. I guess I am. <laughs> so, Neil's gonna be on weeks that one of us can't be, presumably. Justin's gonna be on most weeks. And sometimes there'll be all five of us. But there you go. That's Nintendo News Report. So, uh, thank, thank you for joining us, we Justin. We found our mic. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, you can't leave, so... I'm trapped here now. <laughs> You're here forever. Just end the call. You can leave anytime you want, but do you want to? Our first topic of Nintendo News Report for June 20th, 2017 is the recently released ARMS on Nintendo Switch. Nintendo's, I would call it the real first major Nintendo Switch exclusive. I don't really count 1-2 Switch. Zelda. No, because that's a Wii U game. 1-2 oh. Switch came and went... ARMS is, I think, sort of the 3D land or the Kid Icarus Uprising of the Nintendo Switch, which came far earlier than either of those two. I've been playing it. Neil's been playing it. 
Justin's been playing it. Neil has a review that's on NintendoWorldReport.com. Isn't that right, Neil? That is correct. There's also a video review on Nintendo World Report TV. There you go. So if you don't know what Nintendo World Report TV is, go on YouTube, and that's Nintendo World Report TV. That's also where you're watching this right now. Or you're watching it on NintendoWorldReport.com. Anyways, ARMS is all right. That's that's my impressions of ARMS. Hot take. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty fun. Um, maybe maybe not as much content there as you would like, but I got into a few party mode matches over the weekend, and that that was a good as hell time. Yeah, yeah. The combat seems rock solid, doesn't it? One yeah. on one combat. One on one combat. I mean, well, well, I did. I got into some four player free for alls that were just complete nonsense. I still, I I like the flow of party mode, in that it. It seems like it's predominantly one on one, and then they kind of like every like third match will be like, "Oh, you're fighting headlock," or it's volleyball, or it's b-ball. Like, there's a pretty like there's that's a precarious balance that they need to get with that, and I think they do a very good job of mixing traditional, regular fighting with the dopier other modes. Yeah, I wish there was more options. I don't think you can. I didn't set one up myself, but when you start your own. You can lobby. You can set can, up can, to, to whatever match options you want. Okay. Because every, every, everybody I know that I've joined has just had it regular party mode, I guess. Yeah. And I don't know. For me, I just get frustrated when I get in those like three-way fights because I'm also playing as Master Mummy a lot. So everybody will just team up on the mummy because they know he's going to be healing heal. if you don't. And yeah, because if like, you just if you just go to party though. mode, party mode is always by default, like random cornucopia uh but if you start your own friend mode lobby then you can customize it however you like the customization options in there are right, pretty good, good. Mm. if i had to add one option to party mode it would be a little box that said i would prefer to be matched in these most like for instance there are times when i lose a few times in a row and i kind of want to prove myself again in like a one-on-one match and what'll happen is i'll just keep getting matched in v-ball and there's that weird frustration because I want to play one-on-one, but I don't want to commit to ranked either. Yeah. So if there was something that would primarily match me, like, it'll match me in the other ones, but if it has a one-on-one, it'll prioritize me for those matches. Is yeah, because awesome I've been playing ranked a lot, and I would like to try other things out in, a, like, a not-so-serious setting, but when you go to do that in just the regular party mode, it doesn't really give me an option to try anything out a lot of the times because I'll be thrown into those two-on-two or free-for-all matches or, like, volleyball and whatnot. So I really don't have the opportunity to practice with different characters as much as I'd like without being judged. Yeah. That, yeah. that sounds like, Justin, you should uh, talk to the people on the Nintendo Report Discord and set up a friend's room <laughs> where you just do one-on-one fights. Eh? Eh? Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. We should all do that. So, uh, so go to the Discord. Have guys. you ever been on the Discord? <laughs> How do you join it? Hmm. That's linked on the front page of NintendoWorldReport.com. It is. Nice. We have voice chat rooms there before Nintendo does. You can use those. To- <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're outsourcing voice chat for our games to Discord, just like Nintendo is. Yep. <laughs> TRBR says, I'm giving ARMS a pass, TBH. I'd play the shit out of a Twintel-led Detective VN, though. That's what... That... that- that reminds me of something that's really irritating me 
um, especially now that the game is out, how people are like, oh, the lore is so deep. And I'm playing the game, and I'm like, where is it? Like, it's on It's on Yabuki's mind. Account. Yeah, like that's what the, I think there was an interview with uh with if you well first off if you didn't see the the end of the E3 arms tournament where it was the winner versus the producer Kasuke Yabuki <laughs> that was um, kind of brutal Yabuki just awesome. kicked the crap out of him and it was amazing He's doing those poses yeah. and stuff yeah was... <laughs> um, like Yabuki has definitely shot up to like charming Nintendo employee like I mean I think he's he's up there with Koizumi now I think. Mm. Um, we maybe we have to do this ranking at some point. Uh, I don't know, but now is not the time for that. But anyway, Yabuki has said in interviews about like, oh, we have all this lore planned out, and it's just like you should have put it in the game. Just it better be DLC. <laughs> it's all like just right now. It's just living on the Japanese Twitter account for like rando other accounts to be like, oh, look at what it says here. It says that like they are they're all wearing masks, and if you take off the masks, their arms go away. Yeah, right. that, that, that whole war confused me, the whole mask thing, because I think originally in one of the directs or something, they were like, one day they just woke up with the arms. So what, <laughs> did somebody put a mask on their face and they woke up that way? Coming coming this fall, the arms historia. Well, they, <laughs> didn't, well, they didn't wake up that way. They woke up that way. TRBR <laughs> <laughs> uh, added, the lore is from rule 34. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was talking to Neil a little bit on Twitter, I guess, the other day about this, but the whole Grand Prix is like all this arms tournament, but I felt like maybe like the first few levels of that should have been the lore and the backstory. Like maybe they woke up with arms and were being attacked and you went through like non-traditional fights or something yeah, like that. Have it start where like it's normal society and you like you get a glimpse of like Spring Man <laughs> just like going to school. Um, like spring, yeah, exactly. Spring girl, like leaving, leaving, like a leaving a class for the day. I don't know. I, I don't know the ages of these characters. I think they actually are mentioned in the game for a split second. I know. I know Helix is two years old. Um, but like, yeah, just have it there and just like, and then the arms hit, and then they're all in battle. I don't know. Like, like, there's a lot of dopey things you could have done with that, and instead they were just like, and they're fighting. Why? It's a tournament. <laughs> well, Master <laughs> Mummy's trying to find his family. Which yeah, I love yeah. Like, even like, it doesn't need to be a lot. <laughs> I mean, tournaments are awesome, but you know, you kind of, you kind of want to have a little bit of backstory going in. And well, maybe they DLC it, or maybe you know, we put a, we have an arms anime this fall. <laughs> but like, <Probably>. go. <laughs> like, like, put it in the game. <laughs> that's that's the biggest tragedy of arms is that the characters are far more charismatic than the characters in Splatoon. I say this as someone who loves Splatoon and thinks the character designs are very charismatic. But the Splatoon's char world is way more developed. It's the world instead of the characters while ARMS prioritizes the other yeah. way around. And what I think is the greatest tragedy of ARMS, the, the thing that prevents it from being worth $60 is the lack of a story mode that sort of adds life to these characters because yeah. the character designs are incredible. Look at Springman by himself. You can clear. You can see clear influences from Astro Boy, Hajime no Ippo, Ashida no Jo, like three other boxing manga, and then every other character. You can see like tropes plus Nintendo's own design, and there's almost no story in that game. But I was playing the Grand Prix mode on level four and higher just so I could see those little portraits at the end because they're so great because it shows you the character and it adds depth to the character where there's unfortunately none otherwise. Yeah. It's all like, I mean, they're, they're 
and, and I, I don't think I don't think Yabuki and, and I want to say maybe the art director Mishiawa. I, I forget the specific names of all those guys. Uh, there's an article in NintendoWorldReport.com that you can read that details the staff of arms. Um, but uh, but like I believe Yabuki when he says like oh we have all this stuff planned out. It just I I really. I, was it to get it out quicker? Why they kind of just skipped over it? I I don't know, but I mean, I guess to, to kind of stop on the negative train here, the gameplay that is in Arms is fantastic. It just uh, there needs to be like more permutations on how to use it because I don't. I mean, they promised a lot of DLC. They promised new modes. We know Spectator mode will be added this month. Uh, we'll be getting Max Brass as a playable character in July, and it seems like they're doing monthly updates from here until they stop. It sounds like it's going to be kind of a Splatoon situation. Oh, yeah, totally. It sounds like I mean, it's exactly going to be Splatoon. Yeah, I'm excited about what they do with this game. And and yeah. they, they promised new arms, new characters. I think they've mentioned new modes, specifically mm-hmm. outside of spectator mode. And there's there's a chance that we could be talking about arms in six months, and a lot of our complaints right now are are gone away. I think that kind of happened with Splatoon for a lot of people. Um, so but, much but like Street a, Fighter Five, we have to wait for the cinematic story mode to come in. I mean, Arms That's is not coming. Probably a more full game than Street Fighter Five was at launch. Mm. <laughs> like, That's... like there is a core in Arms that is very good. It just the like the the lack of depth to the lore, which in the grand scheme of a fighting game is a smaller problem. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I would say the gameplay of ARMS is rock solid. The reason we have these complaints and we care about these quote on I would call them criticisms more than complaints, really, is because the core gameplay is so solid. And it's so rock solid that as I play deeper, I actually realize how Nintendo this game actually is. Because the way the simplicity of the game not only reminds me of a classic Nintendo game, but it also reminds me of like the toys Nintendo used to put out. The Ultra Hand. The Ultra Hand. Yeah. yeah. But it also it has the same spirit those toys had, I feel too. Like like the same emotional character that the toys had, I feel like Arms evokes that a little bit, but maybe that's just me projecting onto the video game. I don't know. Yeah, I mean one other thing that bothers me is once you beat level four difficulty Grand Prix, there's really other than those portraits, which you could probably easily find online at this point, there's really no incentive for me to go back and do them because you earn uh, the currency to unlock more arms quicker by playing online in the various modes. Yeah, I mean, party party mode is kind of is kind of money mm-hmm. for for getting stuff because yeah, with Grand Prix, I think you get like four points. But like I think I think playing through level four is like forty or fifty points, but it probably takes like an hour. Yeah. Whereas you can probably get up to fifty points in like a half an hour of party mode. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anna Anna Foster says I love the characters and arms, but the gameplay not so much. Definitely want to see one of those characters in the in the next Smash. Yeah. Springman gets in the next oh, Smash. Yeah. That that's yeah. basically like a guarantee. I've heard people arguing between Springman and Ribbon Girl. Oh no! It's it's. Why not both? One will be a clone of the other, it's or just alternate costumes. Ribbon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's what I mean. So Springman will be the default, and then Ribbon Girl will be the alternate. In the same way, uh, Inkling Girl will be the main one on Smash, I bet, and then Inkling Boy will be. I yeah, in the same way that that uh, Popo is the head ice climber, and then his alternate Nana is the head ice climber. I just I. God. 
I know a lot of people <laughs> have been instantly thinking like, oh, there's going to be ARMS characters in Smash. Um, I think if Smash, if Smash on Switch has not started development yet or is a lot farther out, I think there's a chance. But I find it hard to think that if, if Switch, if Smash Brothers Switch is indeed coming out like within the year, I don't think there's any chance that ARMS characters are in there at first. Yeah, no, I think there'll be DLC. If but anything. guess what never happened with Smash Brothers DLC? They never added Splatoon characters. Right. right. I think they were saving it for whatever was on Switch, to yeah. be honest with you. And, and, and that's, that's how I kind of feel about the ARMS characters in Smash. Like, I don't really see it happening unless Smash Brothers Switch is like a 2019 game. Um, if, if Smash Brothers Switch is indeed like coming out with... by, by If by next E3 we're playing Smash Brothers on Switch... I, I think there's basically a zero percent chance of arms characters being in there because that's like that's a that's a big bet to take. Like imagine if they put yeah. like the main character from Codename Steam in Smash Brothers as a playable character. Abe Lincoln? Yeah, yeah. They put <laughs> Abe Lincoln as a playable character in Smash Brothers. Like that that like if if indeed there is a Smash Brothers game being worked on right now, putting in like Springman into that game would be like making that same bet. And if you think back to that, like that would have been a terrible bet. You would have put it all on black and left left empty-handed if you if you tried that. But I do I do think like an inkling character, probably inkling boy and inkling girl as one character with like you know alternate costumes, a la you know Corin and Robin. Uh, I'm sorry, I think... are there other characters in Splatoon? Oh yeah, of course. Um, but like I I think those are pretty much a lock for for Smash Brothers. Like I think Japan would revolt. If a new Smash Brothers did not have Splatoon characters, yeah, it depends a lot on what the context of the next Super Smash Bros. release is. If it's another Super Smash Bros. Four, they might hold off on Splatoon and Arms characters because that's basically the last major super internally developed Nintendo franchises, short of retro franchises, that Nintendo can actually go back to. Like I, before I go to bed, sometimes I actually will do in my head. What could be in the next Smash Bros. game, which is a weird thing that I do, but I still do it. <laughs> is it like your your version of counting sheep? Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I mean, what I, it is. I could sit I could sit here for a long time doing that, but I don't think um, we have time. But my but the new characters I think make sense for the next Smash Bros. game. The four that I would prioritize: you got Arms, you got Splatoon, and then you got a Psych Bike guy, and then you have Pauline. And those are the four major new characters that you got. Everything else is just splits off from other franchises. Don't forget Isabel. Isabel, it's it's either Isabel or KK, whatever they can figure out as a fighter. Isabel is far more popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how's that doggo doing, Neil? This is a cat. Oh, really? Unhappy cat. Yeah. He doesn't like being held like that. This is Iggy. All right. Let's see. Let's see what people are saying in the chat. Joe Munger says it's a fighting-ass fighting game. I agree. It's surprisingly a fighting game from a different perspective, which I never thought of until I played that game for several hours. But it has everything that a fighting game has just from a different perspective. Yeah. Since I played it in January, I was just like, this this feels right, and I how it worked right away and it just felt good if they had a story mode along the lines of like what injustice 2 has or what mortal Ooh. kombat 10 has then this is probably in it's it's pushing you know 
into the top echelon of game of the year discussion as it is, it's probably going to go out in the first round for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Anthony says Sakurai will go for who will make a good character, not who's popular. I guess Greninja can attest to that. And it would be amazing if Sakurai didn't think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if Sakurai didn't think that Narm's character would be a good fit. On the other hand, if he's just going to be like some Satoshi Tajiri general producer from now on, who knows what his role in the game is going to be other than just approving stuff. Because I bet Sakurai wants to make something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, my, uh, I had an idea this this morning uh, talking to people on Twitter about Super Mario RPG, as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Gino got put in as a costume at Smash Brothers. What if Sakurai managed to barter with Square and is working on Super Mario RPG for Nintendo Switch? That would be incredible. One thing it's about never Gino, happen. Well, but non-zero, non-zero chance. One thing about Gino that I've heard some people discussing is whether or not he will reappear on the slot machine in like this remake of Mario and Luigi. Good question. Ooh. Mm. Aren't they just changing the sprites, basically? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, are, but are they going to pay the Square Enix money to, or whatever they did to talk to them or oh. whatever to put that one sprite on the slot machine or whatever? You know, oh. if, if Nintendo is going to be publishing Super Mario RPG 2, then... <laughs> So it all comes down to what's on that slot Bill, machine, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, Bill Project sort of joint. <laughs> nah, they'll put a rabbit. In, they'll put a rabbit in Gino's slot. Super Mario RPG <laughs> oh, Two Booster's Revenge. So, just I mean, Sakurai, you would assume is working on a new game. Uh, I guess there's a chance that he's just working on Smash Brothers and nothing else. Um, my 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 dream slash pick is that, that something related to Super Mario RPG. What would you guys say? Would be from from just kind of guessing by his, you know, like he made Kid Icarus Uprising because he fell in love with Pit during the development of Smash Brothers Brawl. Aeroid. Um, Aeroid. Sequel. I or mean, we already made that. Sequel or remake? Uh, I I think Zach's on the right track. Okay. I think he's somehow involved in that 25th anniversary Kirby game. Ooh. But, but it's probably not Aeroid related. No, he's probably making the new Star Tropics. So. <laughs> I, I, no, but like, think about it. So, yeah. so maybe, I mean, I, I think the Duck Hunt game was something that, that people kind of joked about close to close to Smash Brothers 4's release. Mm. Maybe uh, Greninja Gear Rising Revengeance. <laughs> I would play the shit out of that game. <laughs> Holy Lord. Who's but, the I, final I, boss, Alex? The final boss is... Oh, God. What, are there any corrupt mind. politicians in the Pokemon world? <laughs> it's just Senator Armstrong again. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to leave people to fight their own Pokey Wars. The only difference is that they add Pokey to some of the dialogue. <laughs> Don't and fuck with this Pokey, Senator. Before he muscles up, he starts like flashing in and out of the two sprites. I played college pokey football, you know, and then he just fucks <laughs> Greninja on, onto the freight carrier. <laughs> Yo, Senator Armstrong is like one of the best video game characters of all time. <laughs> He's so good. If you've never played Metal Gear Rising or Vengeance, even just watching the final boss on YouTube. And uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm really excited for Sakurai's next project. It's a bullshit fight, but he is a good boss. 
Yeah, Duck Hunt. I want the Duck Hunt 3D callback platformer. Duck and Hunt. That That's my <laughs> name for it. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to get a long backstory on how they became friends? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a prequel to Duck Hunt. If, uh, if you want a good backstory, I would just sort of make them put in a Twintel cameo, if you know what I mean. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. What, what you did there, I see it. <laughs> Neil's, Neil's uh, doing his own thing. <laughs> Neil is preparing so the Twintel visual novel, uh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the... Uh, It'll the be on Vita, for inexplicably. Be like, we found out this is the only place where you can release visual novels. It's on Vita. Unless it's <laughs> This is the only place we can release it. It's the uh, the Katoa Shoujo developers. <laughs> so so Twintel is like disabled. Va- Valkyrie <laughs> like, Drive Twintel. So... <laughs> <laughs> but with ass. Hometown. That's that's the, that's in the title too. But with ass. <laughs> Valkyrie Drive Two ass. <laughs> I'll sell about eight copies. Seven of them to Zach. <laughs> what, what did I sign up for? It's a uh, Twintel Super Smash Bros. sort of phrase. It's going to be Twintel look, looking super cute in them jeans. Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, Nintendo News Report, that's our show. Just kidding. <laughs> but that, that's only the first thing we have to talk about. We got NPDs, Donald. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is number two. Zelda's number four. Fire Emblem Shadows of Valencia, number seven, and then Grand Theft Auto Five is number three, which I think is wonderful. Yeah, this is this was before the um, before the whole modding controversy on PC, and before the CEO of Take Two's comments about how they're not monetizing that game enough. So uh. that one might might uh, take a nosedive next month. But yeah. Um, the Switch ended up being outsold in May by the PS4 because you couldn't find a bloody Switch. Mm. But yeah, so that that was pretty much the story for the NPDs, except for the except uh, press F to pay respects to Skylanders Imaginators, which is the first Switch game to not be in a top ten of Switch game sales. Mm. How many Switch games are there? Like twenty five? Uh, I think there's about eleven retail ones. Eleven yeah. retail, but counting yeah. eShop, it's probably twenty five thirty. No, oh, way more than that. Really? Fifty at those There's like twenty five thirty Neo Geo games. Yeah, <laughs> not really though it's like 12 right no it's one it's one a week since the thing since the second week the system was out and, so and there, were like, like, there were like six in the first week hold on There's you like guys talk about something else I'll go, I will go practice down. is the sequel to the Neo Geo X Gold whatever it was called just the Nintendo Switch I've heard some people saying yes yeah. <laughs> I know that there's still a point where half of the games on Switch were Neo Geo games and and yet they still haven't done the most important Neo Geo game of all, Baseball Stars Two. Baseball Stars Two. Mm. Is that is that superior to the golf game that everyone loves? I think I mean, it that, is. That golf game is pretty great. Mm. But that, I need to get that golf game. But Baseball Stars is also like a lot deeper. Mm. Riza, GTA is going to sell more than Tetris. God damn! I can attest to this. Because after I got my PC, one of the first games I bought was Grand Theft Auto V. And note, this is not my first rodeo with Grand Theft Auto V. This is my third time purchasing a full-priced copy of Grand Theft Auto V and playing through the story with 
positive intentions to beat it. Because I have I have a pretty strong PC. So I turned on like the Times 8 MSAA. I turned on 90 frames a second. I turned on the fat ass draw distance. They're did, gonna be did selling. You go and, did you go and one bomb the game after after uh, the modding controversy or no? Oh no, <laughs> I'm actually scared to mod that game now because it seems like the Rockstar's starting to get militant with it. But I'm I'm not surprised that Grand Theft Auto Five is probably only second to Skyrim and most overpublished game in the last several years. Because boy, they've done so much to it. And Man, the audience is still extremely faithful. So where's Grand Theft Auto V for Switch then? I want it. I want a handheld GTA game. I think that would be amazing. I think that would be perfect. But I, I'm curious if the Switch could could run a good version of that properly. Because even the PS3 360 versions, I'm pretty sure are a much larger file size than a cartridge is capable of. Mm. Well, it, it's a lot easier to access the files on, on a cartridge, so you, you could probably run GTA V on a 32-gig card. All right, that's fair. That's fair. TRBR explained this to me once. It actually is way simpler to, to make us a, a Switch game a lower file size than some of the other consoles. Speaking of which, TRBR says never, ever, ever going to happen. Lupe <laughs> says GTA V for Switch, baby. So other people are mm. hoping for it. With... With Nintendo items, mm, mm. I'm inclined. The, to you agree. get the guns for Mario Mario Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually those are very Saints Rowy items. You can you can cross dress in Peach's outfit. Can you steal you Mario cards? You you could be Captain Falcon. Yes, there wonderful. you go, Neil. Yeah. <coughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Although, if it's not Mute City, I don't know if I give a damn. Amiibos, Amiibos are like different costumes. Game is that it's in Mute City. Don't give me none hey, of this BT, Liberty City starring bullshit. Rick Wheeler. BT Dubs, when are we going to see Arms Amiibos? Isn't that weird that there aren't any Arms Two? Um, yeah, Two Arms, Two Arms, yeah. Two Furious. There, by the way, there are nineteen Neo Geo games on Switch and counting. Wow, that that's is that too many? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, they they focus on three genres: shooters, fighting games, and golf. So yes. that's two more genres than I thought the Neo Geo had on it. I mean, that's basically right. it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have three King of Fighters games, and that's not including games more. that are like kind of in that line, but not named King of Fighters. Right. Like Gary Mark of the Wolves, and yeah. I think Fatal Fury yeah, Two Fatal. is basically a prequel to King of Fighters. Comes yep, out this. It is. Week. Yeah. 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 And there's also Fatal Fury, King of Fighters. It's <laughs> <laughs> also on Switch. Cherry Goblin, Chinatown Wars 2. That'd be fun. Yeah. 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 I never played that. I always wanted to. Quite good. Quite good. I I'm guess I, I'm kind of hoping for a more traditional third-person open-world game. Skyrim might satisfy that itch for me if it drops down in price quickly, but if it's published by Nintendo, I'm not fully confident. It's going to actually cost I, that much. Have we heard anything about the price for Skyrim? I think I it's hope, sixty. Yeah, I would hope like fifty. Like, well, how much is the remaster? Uh, I think that launched it either fifty or sixty. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I think surprised. I think fifty is high, but I think fifty is like 
okay. I think 60 is... is Pushing it. Yep. Mm. 60 is, this needs a marketing campaign. Yeah. PlayStation VR is putting a full port of Skyrim. They're doing a full port of Skyrim on the PlayStation VR, and I think that's fully priced. TRBR says Skyrim is going to be $60 dues, which is a lot for a Link costume and some DLC. Yep. Well, for the Link costume, you need the Amiibo. Yeah, that's right. No, I think that they said that some, I, I think some of the Zelda content is going to be in the game regardless. Okay. okay. But not all of it. it Even so, the Breath of the Wild Amiibos aren't cheap. Yeah. Yeah. They've Fog. started to restock them this week, I noticed. Some stores oh, are getting Oh, thank more. God. I want that I Guardian. And those anniversary Amiibo, I think, come out on Friday as well. And Amazon God. still hasn't put theirs up. Fallout 4 VR, $60 also, TRBR ads. Which is a lot of money for a game that came out a couple years ago and also wasn't that great. And that that probably like wouldn't work. Yeah, probably <laughs> wasn't work. Oh, imagine a game Bethesdaing out in VR. That, that's either a real oh. cool thing or no good at all. I think you'd that die. Is, I that think is, yeah, <laughs> that's the only option. Yeah. Yeah, Nintendo agrees. Skyrim's going to be way, way too much. Yeah. Pokemon Go. Justin, you wrote this huge story for yeah, Pokemon I'm have to Go. Pop this open. There's like a lot going on. All right. All right. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give some sort of preliminary stuff. Their sure. new updates Pokemon Go, Gym, and Rating are finally happening. The same rating that was introduced through the initial trailers. And it's going to be rolling out over the next few weeks. But the Android version in some territories is currently already out. Yes. Um, the, the the APK was available for download. Uh, the the people of the Silk Road Reddit have already like uh, data mined the APK. So there's stuff about legendaries on the way. Um, I as think raid like bosses. Yeah, as raid bosses, but they'll be different. But like the raid stuff seems really neat. Mm. Yep. Um, gyms are still not live, by the way. I'm I'm doing a live check in. <laughs> Is it called Silk Road actually? <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's, that's, it's, it's, like, there is, like, a mainstream Pokemon Go Reddit community, and then, like, the, the dark web mm. Pokemon Go Reddit community, which is the Silk Road. That, yeah, that, that's the best place if you really want to get in depth. Really good yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's, I even thought about how funny the name is, because it's been around for a very long time. Well, it's been around else. since, like, I think before the game launched, but, uh, yeah. that Reddit is, like, a really good place if you want to learn the deep mechanics of Pokemon mm. Go, which <laughs> what probably deep mechanics? Care. Uh, well, how the stats and everything work in that game, and what oh. you should be watching out for, uh. the things that'll keep you up at night. Oh. <laughs> no, actually, I sleep really well whenever I play a lot of Pokemon Go because that means I just like walked a couple miles around town, um, because I'm just here to catch Pokemon, and make friends. <laughs> all and right. we're all out of friends. <laughs> It's time to just catch Pokemon. So after the update, gyms will only allow for six Pokemon to be held within. There's a new motivation system to be put in place in gyms. Justin, you understand this stuff way better than me as I've never played Pokemon Go. So I'll pass it to you. You've never played Pokemon Go? You were like the Pokemon guy. I'm a Pokemon guy. We have a lot of Pokemon guys now. But my (laughs) phone doesn't have... I have cats fighting. I will be right back. Oh, Okay. Uh, I don't have 3G on my phone, which means I've never been able to engage in Pokemon Go. All right, so another thing they're adding to the gyms, which you didn't discuss, 
is every gym is going to be a polka stop now too, so you can spin it and get items. Before you couldn't do that. Uh, yeah, only six Pokemon in gyms now, but it looks like you're not going to have to prestige them up. So before, if you wanted to fit your Pokemon into most gyms, after like the initial two or three slots were available, you'd have to train at your gym if it was your team and build it up a bit before you can actually earn a, a space or a slot. And that was pretty time consuming. So now once your team takes it, all six slots will be open up right away to just drop it in, which is a good idea, I think, because it just took too long if you wanted to actually make space for yourself, especially especially if you tried to get the 10th slot, because every slot that it increased would take longer and longer to prestige up. So you could be there for like a half hour just trying to get one extra slot in, and it really wasn't worth the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the motivation system sounds interesting, but uh, I, f- I did read somewhere that the higher CP your Pokemon are, the faster they'll lose motivation. So it creates this odd balance of do you really want to put your best Pokemon in there and I don't know how that's going to pan out. I'm waiting to see what the research says, but I feel like in some ways it's kind the of research. The well, is, is it better to put your best Pokemon in there and like risk it or do you want to put something a little lower that'll last longer because the, the amount of time that that Pokemon stays in the gym now will determine how many coins you get when they return to you. Mm. So that's like a new way to earn coins, that mechanic. So, so it adds a second mechanic to Pokemon Go. And as far as the gym goes, like it's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, gyms gyms were just very easy to. Uh, if if you were if you had high level Pokemon, or I guess if you weren't a high level player, gyms were basically unattainable. Hmm. Yeah. So this opens it up for more people, but at the same time, I, yeah. But at the same time, I do have some mix. I had some mixed feelings initially on the fact that only six Pokemon are going to be able to fit in the gyms because most of the gyms I found were maxed out or close to it. So it would be really difficult to get in. But one thing I did hear and I did notice today when I went out a little bit were some of the old Pokestops turned into gyms. So there's going to be mm-hmm. more gyms than before. So hopefully it balances out in that way. So there's still uh, a similar amount of slots in total available for everybody. Mm. Yeah, the, the post office in my town used to be a Pokestop. Now it's a gym. Which also will serve as a Pokestop once it... Yes. Yeah, which is awesome. Nice. So are you excited to play more Pokemon Go? Is the question. Yeah, I never stopped yeah. playing. So I'm, <laughs> I'm excited for the changes. I mean, I'm not like super hardcore about it anymore. I hit level 32, which is really freaking high. But uh, yeah, I've been playing kind of casually at this point, And I'm excited to see how these changes improve the game because i'm still having fun with it just on a more casual basis nice nice and uh, neil yeah. are you no, i'm, I'm getting i'm getting back into it it's kind of it's a nice excuse for the summer as well <laughs> like you know go walking with the dog having my pokemon go plus on me yeah. um it's i mean we'll see how long it lasts but i've managed to convince some some friends that played a lot with me last summer to uh they, a lot of them got pokemon go pluses we're gonna we're gonna do some adventuring this weekend. I'm pretty stoked. Can you remind me what that thing does? Uh, you basically like as you're walking, it will one register the walking without having the app open. It'll catch Pokemon if you have regular Pokeballs available. Uh, it'll also like access Pokestops. Um, oh, so you just have, an- you don't have to do anything. You just wear it, and it's all done for you. I mean, there, there's more to the game than that because. 
one, it only uses regular Pokeballs, and it only does like one attempt on Pokemon. So if there's maybe a higher level Pokemon that you want to get, you might want to try more than just one Pokeball. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, but you do have to interact with it though, Zach. So it'll vibrate if you're with if a Pokemon's nearby or a Pokestop, or you can like decide which one you want it to focus on, and then you got to press the button on it and. It'll, it'll make an attempt to spin that stop to earn you items or th throw the one Pokeball. So hmm. you do have to press the button. Yeah. Nice. All right. That covers the Pokemon Go talk. I see the viewer count slightly dwindling down, which tells yeah. me it's time to change subjects. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Magikarp Jump. No. No. <laughs> no, let's talk about an E3 announcement that happened right after our E3 show last week. Sushi, Sushi, Striker. The Way of the Sushido. It's announced for 3DS, coming out next year. It's by Indie Zero. It's an action puzzler game where players fight a warring kingdom for the rights to all of the world's sushi. It seems all right. It, it seems interesting. I, I think the more intriguing story is going to be how is this game going to be distributed, whether it's going to actually have a retail release or not. Because I want... Because... The Nintendo is probably at the point where they're going to start pumping the brakes on the 3DS, but you know, you still Are they? have at least, well, they said they're going to support it through, you know, into and through next year, but what do they mean by supporting it? Like, are we going to see retail stuff coming to 3DS next year in great numbers, or is it going to look like the Wii U did last year? Um, I don't think the 3DS can ever really be comparable to the Wii U. See, the 3DS is a successful console. He <laughs> wasn't. What's that? I mean, if we're going, like, there, there is also, there, there is a big difference between what Nintendo says and what Nintendo is going to do. Um, I think that the 3DS is still doing really well. And a lot of that's on the back of Pokemon, but guess what they're doing? They're launching Pokemon, two new Pokemon games, or I guess two new, two, two yeah, two <laughs> new Pokemon games in November. Um, that shit's probably going to carry the 3DS through like half of 2018 minimum. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to see the, the releases kind of dwindle down. We already, we already have like, really what is the 3DS other than like Nintendo releasing a game once a month and like the occasional interesting eShop game. Uh, and, and I guess like one, one Atlas games, uh, you know, Nice America is still, <laughs> that's still, still quite supporting. a few. Yeah. I mean, it, well, right. I mean, the first half of this year, what? So we had RPG Maker Fez, which doesn't seem that great. Uh, we have a review went up today. What other third-party 3DS games have come out of note in in 2017? I can think of uh, the the eShop game Shift DX. Mm. I can't really. Uh, Elliot Quest came out on 3DS. Other uh, than that, Rumbo came out today. Yeah, yeah Rumbo. So oh, yeah, like that's Rumbo. like what four games in a half a year. Two new River City games, and isn't there also a Harvest Moon game this year, or is that just that is on Switch? Moon. Yeah, okay. and that Lady yeah. Layton game is coming later this year. Oh, yeah, Monster so Hunter Stories as well. Yeah. yeah, although Monster Hunter Stories actually might be a Nintendo game. Yeah, it's it's under Ooh. the same thing as like the Yokai Watch, where it's published by Nintendo, but it's like kind of third party, but yeah. not really. But kind I think of. in I think in Europe it is definitely published by Nintendo. I think in America there was a little confusion about it, but I. I I kind of would assume that Nintendo's publishing Monster Hunter stories. Coldcept is um, also coming out, which is cool. Yeah. Like so there there's a there's a good handful of games and into 2018, I mean we haven't heard too much other than the pair of Atlas games, 
Um, you know, the couple 3DS Nintendo games that we've heard of. Sushi Striker and that's really all I can think of this 2018 for Nintendo is unless they, you know, pick up Western localization stuff for Yokai Watch 3. Oh, they, yeah. they probably will. They, I, yeah, I think I mean, that's I, absolutely happening. I, yeah, I think the reason why 3DS is going to be supported into 2018 is because it is such a budget platform. For $80, you can get a 2DS. And yeah. between that and a Switch for $300, that's a huge difference. So if you can keep supporting that, especially for like kids and whatnot, if even if that becomes the target market moving forward, I think it would be lucrative in some way to continue to do that. So I don't think 3DS is going to die as quickly as people think it should. Right. Yeah. Like I, go ahead. I, I was a big proponent of like mid 2018 was going to be kind of the end of 3DS, but after seeing, I mean, one, you know, Fire Emblem Echoes did really well. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, at least I don't think it did as well in Japan, but I think it did pretty well in America. I mean, made the That's MPDs, all that jazz. The opposite uh, of what I would expect. I mean, they're they're releasing another revision next month, and yeah, that doesn't guarantee you know a long life. Look at the look at the GBA Micro, for example, or the um, backlit GBA SP, which yeah. I never even knew existed until like two years later. Yep. Um, but I I do think that. Holiday 2018, there won't be a wealth of games, but I think that like Nintendo, let's put it this way: I expect in a year to have the same E3 interviews with Reggie being like, "Oh no, the 3DS is still a viable platform." I think Ooh. it might be harder to sell next year, but I think that they are going to be still supporting the system until 2019. I'm expecting but, more of those Nintendo Selects to be hitting the shelves. Yeah, yeah. there's a Fire lot of gaming plays. I yeah, there there will probably be another Fire Emblem game. Let's get real. Um, yeah. And I know people keep on talking about how, like, oh, they're making they're making a Fire Emblem Switch game. They're bringing mainline Pokemon to Switch. That means the 3DS is going to die. It's like, well, you know, it's not like Nintendo's ever had two systems making games at the same time. And sometimes you get a Paper Mario game on GameCube, and sometimes you get one on 3DS. Like, <laughs> like the, those things have changed. Like, I mean, the Pokemon thing is a huge deal. I, I won't, I won't put that down, but. I, I don't think like I don't think it's I don't think it's productive in using like one example of a Pokemon game a mainline Pokemon game coming to Switch as to say Nintendo's moving their entire future to one console. Yeah, I think that's I, just too risky when you think about it. Yeah, it it really is, and the Switch we'll, we'll find out a lot more this holiday season with the yep. Switch. I saw Rami so Cowboy. So I saw Rami Cowboy send out a tweet today that sort of posited through this graph that 3DS is still responsible for more than 50% of Nintendo's income. That's probably oh. based on last year's financials, though, when sure. that number was probably closer to about 95% until the Switch came out. Yeah. Okay. Which, that's that's still, like, 3DS it's is... still a lot. 3DS kind of bottomed out a couple of years ago, and they, they rebounded, thanks thanks to Pokemon Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Fire Emblem and, and stuff like that. I mean... I, I don't see the 3DS going away that, that quickly. And I think I'm still a big believer, and not, I guess not to make this even even longer, like, I think we're going to see another handheld that's not called Nintendo Switch coming out in, like, 2019. But hmm. maybe, it'll be a, maybe it'll be a Switch Lite. Maybe it'll keep up the 3DS name. I don't know. <laughs> That'll be like the uh, the Dragon Ball Super thing of like Super Saiyan Goku Super Saiyan. <laughs> It'll be 2DS2. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. 
We got some what we've been playing to finish off this show. I'm getting sleepy, so it's almost time to end this podcast. But we got some stuff to talk about. Zach, tell me the, how whack this cave story thing is. <laughs> well, the physical edition is very nice. It comes with, if you get it from GameStop, you get this collectible keychain, which is, I don't even know if I'm going to put it on my keychain. Uh, but you also get a nice instruction booklet uh, and a uh, mini CD. Uh, it's, it's 30 bucks. It's pretty cheap. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, for a Switch game, come on. Oh, I thought you were joking. It's going to be 40 That was a really great joke, Zach. You're so funny. <laughs> <coughs> well, you know, the funny thing, the sad part is I got it for free to review a couple weeks ago. Um, oh, okay. Cave Story is Cave Story. If you haven't played Cave Story, what are you doing with your life? Go play it. Uh, but this is not the definitive version of Cave Story. Uh, that would be the Wii Wear uh, version, oddly enough, which has... Really? Yeah, really. Why? Because it has the ability to switch the graphics from one to the other, uh, original to new style. Um, it has... I think it has the same challenges, uh, and it has curly brace mode. It doesn't have as many soundtracks. This this version's interesting that you can switch between four versions of the soundtrack: the original one, the WiiWare one, um, the Danny Bavanovsky one from Cave Story 3D, and then I, I assume the Japanese uh, version because it's it's called. Uh, I can't even. Uh, it's like a Japanese word, uh, but all the soundtracks differ pretty significantly. But um, I mean, this is this is the I think. Well, the WiiWare version is the most fully featured. This is probably the best version to have because it's portable, uh, being on the Switch, and it's got a lot of challenge modes stuff that's not in the. Uh, I don't think it's on the 3 3DS eShop version. Which I, I would, I think before the Switch version, which I, I bought but haven't played yet, um, I, my, my favorite version of Cave Story was probably the 3DS eShop version. Yeah. That one doesn't have the graphical overhaul either. Uh, it, has but 3D, it has stereoscopic 3D. It does have stereoscopic 3D. And Cave Story 3D is probably the best visually. Yeah. But uh, probably but the worst it, gameplay wise. Yeah, it really is. Although you do get like you can get a hundred parts, which is super helpful in a certain area of the game. Mm. Uh, but it's a great game. I mean, it's it's on the e, the eShop today. It's in uh, retail locations today. It's it's you know it's Cave Story. Might I have I, it like I have four different ways, so I clearly like this game. Might I also recommend that if you have a personal computer, there's a Windows version of this game that I'm pretty sure is everything in the WiiWare version for $15. Actually, you know what? That version that you're talking about, that's Cave Story Plus as well. That version, yes. when I looked it up, has the ability to switch between three graphical styles, original WiiWare and Cave Story 3D. So maybe that's the best version. I, I think I got it that. Probably is, but it's not portable. Yeah. Well, it could uh, be, depending yeah. on your rig. Yeah, that's true. You'd be playing on NVIDIA Shield. I don't know how these things work. Yeah. <laughs> all right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's all I'll say. Cave Story is great. If you haven't played it, you should play it because it's amazing. 
Nice. Did anyone play the Metopia demo? The game I hear that is not that good. Um, I I played it back at I I didn't I haven't I have the demo downloaded. I have not played it yet for reasons that we'll get to after this. Uh, I did play it back at an event in May, uh, and I'm Metopia is the next game from the guys who made Tomodachi Life. Yeah, that seems kind of great. Tomodachi Life had more problems than I think people let on. But okay, I'm not it's saying so that charming, Tomodachi, though, I'm not saying that Tomodachi Life is an amazing game. I'm saying that it is an amazing experience. Yes, okay. exactly. But still, Metopia is is like Tomodachi Life, but there's a game behind it, and it's kind of a dopey game from what I saw and what I played. But I think it's a game I'm probably going to get because it seems like. It seems like the humor can probably carry the like the the mediocre to maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. I don't know. I haven't played enough of it. Uh, combat and like RPG mechanics. I think that the humor might be able to carry all that stuff. I mean, that's what to, carried Tomodachi Life. Yeah, like like yeah, Tomodachi Life got really like kind of monotonous and repetitive. But then you'd see the characters interacting with each other, and that yeah. seems like. That, that seems like we could probably, in you know, a month and a half, be describing Metopia exactly like we're describing Tomodachi Life. And I put a lot of time into Tomodachi Life. I would probably put a lot of time into Metopia if it if it was of a similar ilk. Well, if there's one thing I can add from the chat, and there's one reminder I have, it's that we actually do have a review of Metopia on NintendoWorldReport.com by one Mr. Don Koopman, who is in this chat, and his feedback is. Metopia sucks. <laughs> so we'll see. That's too we'll bad. See. Maybe the localization saves it. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, yeah, what I, what I played, I I liked a whole lot. Um I would like to play more and I will play that demo. Nice. A game you did play point. the full version of Neil. How much of Ever Oasis can you talk about? I can talk about the first 5 hours. Okay. Um is it pretty much the uh, demo? I, I don't think the demo goes that far. I haven't played the demo. The demo is basically you grab some cactus parts, you you do a small dungeon, and that's it. Okay. Um, I I'll sum it up as Metopia is fucking rad. Like holy shit, Metopia. I mean, uh, Everoasis <laughs> is fucking rad. Holy shit, Everoasis is so good. Um, it does this thing where. It has all these kind of weird elements, like it's got a little like town sim stuff. Like there's some like kind of like almost receteer like management of shops. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go out, uh, you have quests that you need to complete. Uh, you have quests that you need to complete out in the world. Uh, completing those quests will then get you more people to come into your town. Uh, you collect a bunch of items when you're out in your town, and the cool thing about a lot of this is that like it. There's a lot of elements that you're like, oh, this is going to get really boring and repetitive. Like, for example, um, you 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 build these shops in your town that then you need to continually restock. And to start, you need to go to each shop individually and restock them. At a certain point in the game, you can just talk to a person at a stand that will be like, oh, uh, okay, yeah, hit this button. I'll automatically restock your 20 shops that you have. Oh, that's nice. Um, and it does so many, like, there's so many things like that where it's like, okay, like, you don't need to go through the early area and, like, get all these cactus parts again. You can just send out some guys to go do it. Um, 
And it's just a lot of really smart design choices that make for a game where there's a lot of elements that all feed into each other. And you're rarely at a point where you're like, uh, what can I do now? Because there's kind of always something to do, but not too many things to do. It's, it's like, it's just a, it's a brilliantly balanced game. TRBR asks, Neil, is it more than um, just fetch quests? Uh, yeah. Uh, like, I mean, there's, there are dungeons that you go through. Um, I'm getting to a point where I'm kind of done. Like, it doesn't, it's not like it changes in the back half or anything. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to be a little selective about what I say. Uh, mm-hmm. So as to not traipse over any embargoes, uh, check NintendoWorldReport.com on Thursday for a re- full review. Um, fetch quests are definitely a big element of it, but I don't think that the fetch quests really ever get that bad. Okay. And mostly, like you said, you can automate them at a point anyway. Yeah, mostly because there's a lot of smart design choices that mitigate the repetitiveness of the fetch quests as you get later in the game. Mm. It, 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 because the impression that I'm getting that I got from playing the demo earlier and what you've talked about, it, feel, it feels like this is sort of like what ActRaiser would be if it came out in 2017 instead of That's, in 1991. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's... I feel like the ActRaiser comparison, and I actually made that in a, in a preview that I wrote uh, that went up on the site today. I did kind of make that ActRaiser comparison. I feel like the ActRaiser, com- the ActRaiser comparison is a little threadbare in that, like, it's more of like the feel of the game is similar than like the moment to moment gameplay. Um, the music, the music in both act razor and this are good. I mean, act razor music is like top 10 super Nintendo soundtrack. So I don't think you can really top that, but the, yeah, the music in ever Oasis is very nice. Um, but there is like, yeah, you play as, you know, you play as the little, like uh, the, the Oasis chief. So you do kind of have this godlike responsibility, but you also go out in the wild and, and fuck shit up. And there's a surprising amount of depth to uh, simple combat that like does kind of feel like they're like, all right, so we've been working on Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask remakes. Um, let's kind of take some of that Zelda combat, but make it a little more action RPG than it, than it is. Mm-hmm. I just kind of liked when I watched you play like that lower map looks like it was ripped right out of Ocarina of Time 3D. Yeah. The whole like, menu and everything. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I like I wrote a I, I dug up a story that I wrote after last D three when Ever Oasis was revealed and about how like this is Grizzo's chance to prove themselves and it kinda sucks that it's coming out so late in the three DS's life because uh, I mean I I don't think Nintendo's sending this out to die. I think just by virtue of when it's coming out in the three DS's life, it doesn't really stand a chance. Mm. Like they could have they could have put all the marketing dollars into the world into this game. I don't think it makes a difference. Like I hope it I hope it does well enough that like, you know, um the series continues or whatever, or or they're not discouraged from making games like this in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really special game. Um look forward to to more stuff about it very soon. Does it compare to Fantasy Life or Disney Magical World at all? Because those I are still, the two games I think about. I've not played a Disney Ma- Disney Magical World game yet. I I have two but I haven't played it yet uh, to fantasy life. Um, I think that fantasy life might be deeper, but this is more focused. Okay. Um, and like, uh, yeah, and the, the, the article that I wrote up on the site, uh, I did make the comparison that I like ever Oasis and fantasy life a lot because they're, they are games where there's a lot of combat, but it's not really like violent combat. 
because it's that kind of thing where like in fantasy life what i loved about that is that you'd get to like a big boss battle and it'd just be like oh they were just in a prank war they don't hate each other at all or like this this dinosaur is real cool just hang out with them um it, it doesn't like ever oasis doesn't get as goofy as that like you fight bosses in this game it's just that after the boss after like you fight a boss it just like kind of disappears into a sonic the hedgehog character and like, or like you know, like how you you know hit the robot and Sonic the Hedgehog and the little animal just yeah. runs away. That's what happens with the enemies in Ever Oasis. Hmm. Um, but it's a lot like it's 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 uh you know I guess little seedling man versus nature. Like you're you're fighting chaos. It's not you're you're basically just trying to make the world a better place. You're not focused on like beating a big bad. Although, um, I've not, I mean, I, I can't talk about the very end. I haven't gotten there yet. Like, it probably just is just like at the end of the movie, it just turns into like every fucking Marvel movie. And it's just like, and then he's going to blow up <coughs> Ultron. He's going to drop a rock. Like, I, I, maybe that's how it ends. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's, that's, you, you got that right. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Ever Oasis. Hear more about it later this week on NintendoWorldReport.com, maybe on a future week. I yeah. have one there more. There will be a uh, check out check out Talk Nintendo because uh, Casey is playing it for review at Nintendo World Report. Um, and I'm, I'm actually I'm playing it for Nintendo Force. So the next issue, which is in which is in two months, um, will be when my Ever Oasis review will, will surface. <laughs> um, but Casey's writing a review, and I think after this show, uh, we're going to record like a 15, 15 minute thing talking about the game in more detail. That will go up on Talk Nintendo on Thursday. Mm, so nice. check out that podcast in the Nintendo World Report podcast family. Nice. One more game to talk about. I just got the review code today for River City Knights of Justice, which is the closest thing to an E3 shadow drop that we had this year. Well, aside narrow- from the demos. And aside from the demos, but like as far as a new game, it was basically announced for Western release a couple weeks ago and came out today. Which is which is which is pretty exciting, a new River City game. And the sort of the thing about this one is that it's a River City game that doesn't take place in modern or sort of slightly old Japan, but it takes place in like a medieval style kingdom. Which is which is almost the Metopius land, I guess. Except it's it's more focused on a specific a specific kind of JRPG trope. But if you're curious for what this game is, all it is is a River City game that has some JRPG flavoring over it. It's not some shitty JRPG that's River City, but it forces a lot of mechanics you don't want into it. It's not some really unfunny, boring story that has no gameplay in it whatsoever. It's not long and drawn out with all these fetch quests over and over again. It's a River City game that has some extra stuff in it. So, including barfing, apparently. Including barfing. Yeah, it has everything from River City. Like, I think the sort of the humorous part of this game is that it does a good job of mixing the Japanese delinquency tropes with JRPG tropes and medieval tropes. So it's it's kind of this, it's got this weird fantasy flavor that I kind of dig about the tone. Uh, as far as a beat-em-up goes, it does have quests, but they're very short, focused quests, so you're not like, you're not spending too much time because the level maps are pretty small. It's definitely got a Zelda 2 feel because there's a lot of Zelda 2 style towns that you go to on the world map. There are JRPG style random encounters and very limited bursts. There's 
uh, MP and HP bars. The other big changes are that you you have sort of a JRPG style party. You're fighting some monsters in addition to some Japanese delinquents. There's a generic RPG story with a princess and a kingdom in evil. And then there's also some extra weapons like staves and then some extra quips that make it feel... It's, it's like a Kunio-kun game with a little bit of JRPG in it. Hmm. Yeah, and this I think this thing came out in the Japanese eShop like three years ago, so I don't know if we might have yeah. a review <gasps> of the Japanese version, but yeah, this is this is what I'm looking into once I, uh, once I get through the end of the month. Let's mm. say. Nintendon is uploading a video on this game right now, so, so look forward Ooh. to it. It's either going to be on his channel or ours, Nintendon or Nintendo World Report TV. But anyways, I like it. It's nice. It's the only thing is the story is a little too much. Like I kind of wish there was more beat 'em up gameplay than there is. And the game is pretty funny, but it's not funny enough for the amount of dialogue that there is in that game sometimes. Mm. It's $15. I haven't seen the progression system much yet cuz I'm only about 30 minutes in. It seems like based on previews that I'm going to get the chance to fight a dragon in River City <laughs> combat style, which sounds like a lot of fun. But there you go, 15 bucks. It seems like a regular-ass River City game, and if this doesn't do it for you, there's another one coming later this year, and there's another one that's on the eShop right now. So Kunio-kun is a franchise they're localizing now, which is kind of neat. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's all I got. Anything else? Anything else we need to talk about? or uh, The firmware? Just... Oh, the firmware. Oh, yeah. Which firmware? Yeah, 3.0 launched last night. Uh, they fixed a long-standing issue where the Switch would hijack your HDMI ports. Yep, I, I've seen that. And they, they've also added, uh, they also killed the limiter on headphone audio. So if you do feel the need to blast your Switch at full volume in public, like if you're playing Thumper on a train or something, you can do that. Hmm. Uh-oh. And they've added USB controller support, including the Pro Controller, although for some reason it disables the Amiibo functionality. And the Pokémon Tournament Pro Controller now works as a standard controller on Switch. And I need to try this because it has the ability to invert colors. Mm -hmm. Mm. Oh yeah, this is a very Justin update, isn't it? Oh, once once I heard that the Pokémon Tournament controller works, I'm not home to try it right now. But once I get back to that dock. I am going to plug that in and see if I could play Street Fighter 2 with that D-pad because I certainly can't with the garbage D-pad on that $70 Pro Controller, which is a disgrace. It's not great. No. It's not great, Bob. Oh, God. Imagine this is this is the point we're at in 2017 where you're using a Nintendo controller for a Tekken Pokemon crossover fighting game to play an anniversary version of a Street Fighter game that came out like 20 years ago. Well, I'd probably be using it for any 2D side-scrolling game. I mean, any game I really need to use a D-pad on, I'd probably switch over to this. So, yeah. the only thing like that yeah, the only thing that Pro Controller misses is analog sticks. So if you if you're in a game where you don't need those, then hey, go crazy. And the ZL and ZR buttons are like these weird things that are kind of like start and select. So mm. that could be an issue too. But but it's it's we'll a see. lot like the arcade controller for this game for yeah Pokemon right yeah yeah I thought so. All right, 
I think that's a Nintendo News report for this week. Oh, TRBR. Uh, he suggests that it probably disables Amiibo functionality because of RF leakage. They'd rather not have it than have it work shittily, which is which is just interesting. TRBR usually has interesting perspectives on this stuff. And I guess considering where the Switch has been at recently, that, that, that kind of makes a little sense. Also, another one, one last teaser. Nintendon's 2DS XL review is coming very soon. Stay tuned on Nintendo. He's going to tell us how it is. Based on Australia, no doubt. Yeah, based on Australia. Anyways, that's our installment of Nintendo News Report for June 20th, 2017. Alex Kalafi here on behalf of Justin Baruby, who's hey. he's on the show now. He's going to be on future hey. Yeah, nice. We, we, we got someone who wanted to be on. <laughs> nice. Also, I will say I was one of the main reasons why we picked you was not only because you did a particularly great job on the last episode you were on, but also because people specifically asked for you. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys. And, uh, <laughs> some, some to me personally... And then at least one, I think, in the actual comments page on the YouTube video you were on. Well, I'm so. gonna have to go look that up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> get yeah. that, get that little ego cockstroke going. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo News Report: King Nintendo fanboy on Twitter. King Nintendo, Nintendo Neil- fan, yeah. Yeah, they King couldn't Nintendo fit the fan. boy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Can, uh, yeah, Could you couldn't fit the boy in? No. <laughs> Uh, are, we still, characters. are we still talking about arms? It's uh, Twintel fantasies? Nothing? Nothing? Okay. King I Nintendo is Donk. <laughs> More like New Donk City, am I right? Just kidding. <gasps> Anyways, that's our show. Nintendo News Report. Enough with the penis jokes. At King Nintendo Fan on Twitter. At Enron10 on Twitter. Gonna see him in the future, despite the fact that he stopped being on the show several weeks ago. I mean, it's E3. Yeah, the E3 aftermath. We might have more stuff to talk about in like a week. We'll talk post-show. Yeah, you know. You know. At Donald Mick. D-O-N-A-L-D-M-I-C-K. At Z Miller 1902. Z Miller. Z-M-I-L-L-E-R. 1902. I'm at Calafia. C-U-L-A-F-I-A. That's our show. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Later.